I don't make myself available to convince people of anything. I don't use my energy to try to convince anyone of anything. Instead, I take my energy and my assignment and show up in the highest and best way I can. And then people who are willing to see, who were already trending there, see clearer. Or people who were in this other place who are willing to see sometimes crack open. Those are the only people I can help. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. How are you? How was your weekend? How are you feeling? I hope that you had some time this weekend to do something that nourishes your soul. I was uh, posting on Instagram yesterday about my really good friend, Armi. Her name is Armi. She's from Iran. She happens to be my hairdresser, but we've known each other for so many years that we become friends. And she comes over every like five days and does my hair. And then we sit and we talk. And I was posting yesterday about her because she was here. And I just wanted to share that even though in so many ways, we don't seem like we have so much in common. She grew up in Iran. I'm Jewish. She's not Jewish. She actually grew up Muslim and then married a Christian Armenian. And so now she is enjoying being a Christian herself. But she grew up in Iran and she brings me Persian food and she teaches me words in Farsi and she's such a beautiful person. And for years she was coming over and she would tell me about what was going on in Iran with the women and what they were fighting for. And uh, I just think it's really important to share that the two of us are here together having these conversations. And I was like, I want to share this with the world. I want the world to know that the two of us love each other so much and that we have so much that matters in common, which is a shared vision, which is a vision that everyone in the world should be free. And I really wish that people would listen to specifically what these women in Iran have been saying for such a long time, because if those women would be heard and if there would be freedom in Iran, it would ripple across the whole world in such a giant way, such a significant way. So if you want to see a picture of Army, you can go to my Instagram at kathy.heller and you can see her. She is such a beautiful person. Speaking of beautiful people, if you want to meet some of the most amazing people and you want to connect and you want to be with me for weekly coaching calls and conversations and meditations and just such an incredible sisterhood, you can join me in the quilt. You can go to kathyheller.com slash quilt and join us We meet every Thursday on a Zoom call and it's so magical. It's so incredible. I think it's just what everyone needs, especially women, to have the space to connect and to be heard and to be seen. And also, if you want coaching from me, this is a weekly moment to check in. People get in the hot seats, they they ask questions, we all get in breakout groups, we all give each other 
ideas and people brainstorm and people collaborate and give each other referrals. It's really, truly amazing. If you want to join us, go to kathyheller.com slash quilts. So today I want to share with you a clip from a coaching session that we did. And this is a little bit about when you feel hesitant to be visible. So we're going to dive into a discussion about having the courage to be a leader and how to give yourself the freedom to not please everybody. I think you'll find this helpful. Take a listen. So welcome. Tell me, first of all, before we dive in, what was your biggest sort of takeaway from today's session? Like what stays with you? Permission to remember the permission slip. Yeah, permission slip for sure. Change the world by changing one person's world. The grit is optimism. Yeah. Finally being surrounded by a group of women who are on the same path as I am. If you want to move your life forward, ask a better question than you've been asking. A hundred percent. Permission to be creative. Have the courage to tolerate being mediocre. Yes. Asking a better question what you like to do. Seven-year-old says I went blank. How can I access it? Yeah, it's interesting how our minds sort of like compartmentalize things and then we get kind of like caught in one little part. We're going to do a meditation today and hopefully that will just start to loosen things up a little bit so we can connect with our intuition more. Love the water analogy. Yeah. Lost in the corporate world for so long, I've lost me what to do to refine myself. Yeah, have to hang out with those who get it. Thanks to James Clear. Make that a habit. 100%. It's true. We become we become the five people we spend the most time with is what he says. Yeah, my mom's story about living that, living the dream versus not living the dream. Yeah, you have to let yourself be mediocre for sure. If you want a better life, ask a better question. Reach for the highest branch. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was talking to somebody yesterday. She she was here. Her daughter had a play date with my daughter and we're talking meditation and she said, oh, so hard for me. It's so hard. My mind is always like spinning and spinning. And she said, can you teach me? And I said, yeah, I said, I can, because it's so easy that it's hidden in plain sight. And so before we go into a meditation, a lot of you have meditated with me multiple times. But for those of you who haven't, I just want to tell you a couple things about meditation, which might be helpful. When I started studying meditation, I thought actually incorrectly, most people have this thought, that in order to meditate successfully, your mind has to stop. So that's actually not true. Isn't that a relief? So the truth of meditation is not stopping the mind. It's our relationship with our mind. So when we meditate, the intent is for us to become the witness to the mind. So rather than being in the blizzard of all the thoughts, we're looking at the blizzard. So what we come to understand about the way we are wired and built as human beings is that we have an unconscious mind, a conscious mind, and then we have the superconscious mind. So that's the part of us that is the crowning jewel sort of of, of the human species is that we have the capacity to be aware that we're sitting here right now. Like I can be aware that I'm sitting here and I can be aware that my thoughts are, let's say, thinking about something. I can notice that. So that is radical awareness. That is really an amazing thing. If I think of a song, let's say, I was talking about We Are the World before, I could actually hear it. But where am I hearing that? I'm hearing that in this super conscious part of my mind. Where does it exist? Nowhere. But I can hear it. I can literally hear We Are the World as if it's playing in my ears right now. But where does it physically exist? Scientists can't find that. 
It's in my, it's in my like super conscious. If I want to think of someone who's somewhere else, I can literally picture their face as if they're right here. And where does that exist? <laughs> this is all what's a phenomenon. Okay. So when we meditate, we move into this part of us that's like the super conscious. It's our actual awareness. And in that place, there's a lot that we can be nurtured by. There's a lot of equanimity. There's a lot of well-being. There's a lot of space for clear seeing, right? Einstein said that the world is not made in three dimensions. There's actually 10. The world is not 3D. It just looks 3D. This looks three-dimensional. Everything looks three-dimensional, but the world is actually 10-dimensional. So what that means is our eyeball, our eyes only perceive things in 3D. They perceive in cubes, but that's not all that exists. It's just what we see. When we close our eyes, we see further. When we meditate, when we pray, when we make a wish on a candle on a cake, we see so much further than we see with our eyes open because there is so much that our being can perceive that the eyes don't. My cats are like that. They say that cats, before someone walks in the room, they already perceive the energy of that person. So they're either like on alert or their ears are like calm and they're hanging out because they feel the energy right away because they perceive more than we do. Their antenna is even stronger. Their capacity to feel energy is even stronger. Okay. So we as beings, the more we meditate, the more we connect to what really is. We start to see in all dimensions. We start to witness our mind. And I'll tell you one other thing that my meditation teacher taught me, which many of you already know this because you've been with me through other workshops, but I just love this as a metaphor is that the human being is like the ocean. And what does that mean? Well, when you look at the ocean, the top of the ocean is what we all see. So we stand on the shore and we look at the waves. And the ocean, if you look at it from that level, is never still. It's constantly moving because it's responding to the moon. It's responding to the weather. So it's constantly frenetic. However, anyone who knows anything about the ocean, if you go in the ocean and you go down into the ocean, if you go down 10 feet, it's quiet and still. If you go down 100 feet, it's quiet and still. The ocean is so vast that you could go down a mile, which is actually like so scary. I'm so claustrophobic thinking about that, but that's how big the ocean is. And so my mindfulness teacher once said, if somebody were to describe the ocean as constantly moving and frenetic, then we would know they don't know anything about the ocean because 99.9% .9 of the ocean is so still that it can pop your eardrums. The ocean is so heavy and so vast and so still, but the most superficial layer of the ocean is moving all the time. Those are the waves. So my teacher said, what we do as human beings is we get so caught in the busy mind that we assign that and we characterize ourselves by that. That is the superficial layer of our entire being. 
what is mostly here is a being that has the capacity for still well-being. And the reason why we know that's true is because if you look inside of yourselves, your heart continues to find a place to regulate. Your body continues to be in a place where it can mostly do its job. But your mind is telling you a story all the time. And just like the waves react to the moon and to the weather, your mind reacts constantly. It doesn't respond, it reacts. Responsibility is choosing how we respond. Responsiveness is completely different than reactiveness. The human gift is the pause between reaction and response. Only the mind reacts. The entirety of us knows how to respond. So meditation is the art form of witnessing how the brain is constantly reactive, but not identifying with it, not orienting to it, but rather identifying with this much more universal, global self with a capital S. So when you go to meditate, your mind might tell you a story that in order for you to have a good meditation, your mind's going to shut up. That's not going to happen. The mind, just like the waves, it just does that. That's what it does. A good meditation is about your capacity to be a witness to that and your capacity to be connected to the part of you that's witnessing that. So that's why meditation is so helpful because it takes you out of this unconscious, spinning, reactive program and you start to connect with what is, which is much bigger and greater than that. So we are going to do a meditation and I'm going to walk you through it. And many of you have already done this with me in the past. Some of you haven't and you'll do it with me now and that's all good. But this is a way for us to connect to our greater creative capacity and see further than we saw when we're in our minds. All right. So I'm just going to lead us through a little quick meditation here. So all we're going to do now is uh, go ahead and close your eyes. And the first thing we're going to do is we're just going to breathe. We forget to breathe. And when we take deep breaths, it signals our nervous system to be in a state of repair. It signals our nervous system to know that it's safe in this moment. And that's when we start to be creative and we create better, healthier cells. So let's just take three deep breaths. And when we breathe in, let's be aware that we're breathing in. And when we breathe out, Let's breathe out a little longer on the exhale than the inhale, because when we exhale a little longer, it tells our nervous system that it can repair itself. So let's take three inhales and three longer exhales. Good. And now I want you to just become aware. I want you to be aware of your body from your head to your toes and just be aware if there's any tension in any place where you can focus to bring more relief, to release whatever you're holding that's not serving you in your body, from your head to your neck, to your shoulders, down your back. Just really being aware to let go of anything you're holding 
that you don't need to hold there in your body. Going down to your lower back and your hips, we tend to hold a lot of emotion in our hips. Just being aware, bringing some release with our conscious mind. Down our legs, knees, ankles, all the way down to your toes. And now I want us to become aware that our actual self, our our energy, is actually more than our body. And it extends sort of like a beach ball, like a sphere all around us. And when we walk through the world, that energy is imprinting in this field of energy. And so let us be aware of that energy that we are resonating, that is in front of our hearts, that is being offered on each side of us, behind us, above us. And now let us notice there is a mind that wanders. Just notice the mind. Notice the mind is all over the place. The mind finds certain things stimulating, so it it thinks about the future, thinks about the past, it holds on, it replays certain neural pathways of thoughts that are habitual. Just notice it. And as you notice it, start to become connected to and aware of your true self that is aware of all of this, that is bigger than the mind, that is connected to the infinite, that has this intuition, this capacity for flow, for ease, for compassion, for love, this part of you that is beyond your body, beyond your story. It is this energy, this essence of you. And from that place, let us ask that deepest knelling inside of us to remind us, to remember what we know, to remember, to remember why we're here, what we're needed for. And let us cast out this gorgeous, radiant vibration, this coherence, love and creativity and oneness. And let us see beyond what we see with our eyes. Let us see as far as we can see across the horizon And we start to feel this connection to all that is. And let us use our intention and our focus, our awareness to hold the vision and send this beautiful, potent loving kindness so that the whole of this universe is wrapped in something that is coherent, resonant, loving, creative, receptive, and connected to all that is. And for this moment, I want you to see yourself, your true self, living as you were meant to live, in flow, with ease, with creativity, connected to your intuition, receiving those downloads, living this life directed from this place of deep integrity and see that part of you calling you forward 
waving you over. What does she need to remind you? What does she have to say? How would she ask you to think, to believe, and to act, to be in alignment with this truth? And see yourself living in your gifts, holding the space, opening your heart, rising into your greatest strength, having the courage to lead and live this authentic truth. And so it is. And in a moment, you can take a breath, but when you're ready, you can open your eyes. And so if you feel like sharing how you feel after that, what came through, what did you remember, please do. I love your comments. It gets to be easy. I don't have to try so hard. Share your receiving love so I can give it away and this peace and clarity, calm. Beautiful. I'll completely in flow, calm and at peace. I often say to myself, who would be too busy to give themselves 10 minutes of that peace every day? How could we be that busy that we forget to find 10 minutes of that kind of clarity? And if you can give yourself that that like 10 minutes, it'll change your whole day. Those 10 minutes give you 24 hours of what feels a lot more like you, right? A lot more like peace. So I see hands up and questions. And so I'm going to take some questions. So Bunny, I'm going to ask you what your question is. I mean, your name is just so sweet and cute. How would I not call on someone whose name is Bunny Love? Thank you so much. Well, uh, the one from Scotland as well. So it's oh, lovely. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you so much. I wondered, my heart feels a little bit like it has one sort of foot at the edge of the bridge of everything that was before. And it's just ever so slightly stretched to this new bridge of what will be. And there are just these times where I'm slipping in and out of that connection within myself. And sometimes I think that comes through in my work and in my purpose. So I'm lots of things, but one of them is I'm an interfaith reverend. So I am a teacher of love is how I would translate that as well. And I really feel that that's my purpose is, you know, love is love, basically. And sometimes I think the work is too soft and there's so much noise that it kind of doesn't cut through or melt. And I prefer the idea of love is like a chocolate button that's left in the sun and it has no other choice but to melt, you know. But yeah, I suppose there's this this space of evolving and this really the strongest I've ever felt it in my life, this invitation into what feels like a new level of greatness and awareness and connection, but it's just feeling like a wee bit of a stretch. And I wondered in amongst all of that, whether you perhaps could sprinkle some wisdom <laughs> upon that. And if there's anything that doesn't make any sense, I'm happy to clarify. Well, first of all, I mean, it's also beautiful and your energy is so sweet and visceral and it's potent with 
confetti hearts that you just kind of just every word is just like it's beautiful and it gives us all like a shower of like cotton candy so it's great and i hear like two different things and then i think we can like kind of keep asking better questions to understand what you're really asking but Mm -hmm. it seems to me there's a part of you that feels like you want to be louder Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. at the same time you feel like love is a whisper Mm -hmm. um and the truth is this is why i said i wanted to kind of take this in two different angles the most powerful person in a room is the most loving person and love is so powerful that it doesn't have to shout yeah because it's such a force In fact, when we look at it on a vibrational level, they've measured when people are filled with love or fear or hate or you name it, they've measured the vibration that comes off and they've taken sand and they've taken the sound waves that we can't always hear, but they exist. Everything's emitting a vibration all the time. And Those that are in this place, like Bob Marley, like open your heart, like really walking with this just coherent, loving, open, the waves create beautiful patterns on the sand. And when somebody's coming from a place where they're in fear or they're shouting or they're in hate, it creates chaos in the sand. It doesn't make anything. So love we now know it's so fast of a vibration that it's faster than the speed of light. So love creates immediately. I went to a lab at UC San Diego. This is not some like random place in Topanga, which would already be cool. I would be totally impressed. But I went to a lab at UC San Diego with a group of meditators And they had these very experienced meditators go into a room where there were incubators filled with pancreatic cancer cells. And we looked at the cells in a microscope. We walked out, let this group of 30 meditators go in this room and offer this coherent, loving, potent vibration in the room. And we came back in and we looked at the cells and the cells had changed because everything's energy and love changes the field. They didn't make a sound in that room. So UCSD was showing us this saying that UCLA has shown other examples of this evidence, what happens to patients' white blood cell count when meditators enter a room. And now we know Deepak Chopra has been talking about this for years. In fact, in the beginning of his career, he was thrown out of the medical community even though his brother was the dean of Harvard Medical School and was saying the same things, eventually now, now it's a conclusive, we now know, and this is what Dan Buettner talks about in the blue zones with people living the longest because they're doing meditation and loving kindness. So it just is. And when something just is, it is powerful, period. So I don't know that that's really your question. Because you know that. You know that love is so powerful, it doesn't have to be shouted. 
It's just the kind of thing that is so real that it is so immediately received and it is so contagious in a good way. (laughs) So what's really the question? Because it's Mm -hmm. not about love being louder. Mm -hmm. The potency of it, the depth of it is so loud. It moves worlds. So what really are you up against? What's really the question? Thank you for all of that. And as you were speaking, the thing that was coming through was actually about being visible. It was actually about, I love that you were like, yeah, I knew that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's so interesting. There, I suppose it's, it's vulnerability too. And I don't want to harden. I feel like I had, I'll call it a very colorful past and I armored up and carried my sword around for a really long time. And I don't want to do that. And I really feel like the work, the prayer, is that when we heal the war in ourselves, there's nothing to be at war about outside of us. And I really want to contribute to that peace more and more in the sense of also like just putting down our swords and putting down our baskets of burdens and being a woman of faith and being devoted to the unseen and the magic and without having to, I suppose, wrap it up in fake paper or hide it or veil it or cloak it or missell love you know, or manipulate. And I feel that sometimes I feel like I, I, and I don't have to, but there's, yeah, there's this combination of being seen feels risky. And that's probably what's present. So today. this is a really important question. And I'm so glad that you're sharing it because I think that this is maybe the most visceral thing that gets in people's way. And so I think it's very universal. As I said before, we tend to have personal questions that are very universal. Here's the thing. This will really help a lot, I think, because this really set me free. Mm -hmm. When you were just talking about the vulnerability and the caution around being seen and how there can be a feeling that's not safe there, here's the update. People don't see. People see only what they're willing to see. So you don't actually have to worry because people only see what they're willing to see anyway, which is a projection of their own inner world. We project a film onto reality, and then we look for the evidence that it's true. So the only people who can see you anyway are the people willing to see you whose projection fits you. And when that happens, you just added your notes to the loving part of the orchestra. And that's the only thing we all ever do. So when I'm visible. Who am I actually visible to? Only the people 
who are willing to see me, whose projection I fit in. I could be the most loving person in the world and somebody could say, she's too positive, she's fake, and here's the evidence. Or somebody could say, I don't like women leaders. I like to only learn from this. Or somebody could say, where's her PhD? Or somebody could say, I don't like people with freckles. I had a girl in middle school who had freckles and she was nasty. I mean, you name it. So here's what I did. I don't make myself available to convince people of anything. I don't use my energy to try to convince anyone of anything. Instead, I take my energy and my assignment and show up in the highest and best way I can. And then people who are willing to see, who were already trending there, see clearer. Or people who were in this other place who are willing to see sometimes crack open. Those are the only people I can help. Also, there are some people that I will never help because I'm not qualified to help them. And here's what I mean. There are some people who don't need what I have to say because someone says it better in their language. They need it different. My sister-in-law is right now taking a... um a mechanic class. She wants to become a car mechanic. I mean, how out of the box and like cool is that? She's she's a photographer. Now she's like learning how to fix cars, you know? I can't teach her that. Yeah. But she loves this stuff. So mm-hmm. she comes home from this and she's like so lit up and talking to me about carburetors and how interesting it is and how she's like one of the only women in there and she likes it so much and it's giving her such a sense of like strength that she's like a girl who could like fix a car and I'm like, great, awesome. I am never going to be able to help you do that. So it's not a problem for me. So there's differences across the, the spectrum. There are some people who are unwilling to see because they're coming from a very dark place. There are some people who are unwilling to see because they're like, next, not my book on the shelf I want, not the thing, not the flavor of buffet I need. Not a problem. Not a problem. So what I'm saying is I don't go into the world every day armored up like I got to defend myself or amongst all the people who have nasty things to say or I got to be there to convince the people who need something else that know they need me. None of that's my job. Nope. A lot of people don't need me because they're very well and good without me because they need something different and I want them to have that. And then there are people who come from a really nasty place. They've got a lot of trauma or a lot of evidence or a lot of whatever. And no matter what I do, they're going to be like, you know, whatever it is. And everyone's going to go do them. But because I'm needed, because you're needed, because we're all needed, there's a sliver of the world who I am their answered prayer. And for those people, I will show up because they are in a place where they are willing, they are open, they're available for exactly my message coming from exactly me. And I am the person that they need. You know, I always tell people like, hey, I hope that you took this and you absorbed it in whatever way is best for you. And then I'll say to people, and if some of you want to join me because I teach a three-month program, come and join me. And then I'll say, but I am not everyone's person. 
And for some of you, you shouldn't take my program because I'm not the person you should take a program from. You should go do this retreat or you should and you should know what works for you. And then I say, but for those of you who I am the person, I feel morally obligated to jump up and down and make sure that you take this program because I could be the person who can really help you chart a different course to your future. But do you see how there's no double bind in that? Yeah. And so what you were talking about, it was hurting your heart to the point where you started to cry because you thought at some point in your childhood or some point in your past that all these people who have all this stuff they're carrying around, that somehow it's your job to think about what you say and do because of them and defend yourself or not defend yourself. When you take two guitars and you put them on a table, if you pluck the C string on this guitar, the C string on this guitar vibrates. It's insane. It's the law of resonance. So mm-hmm. if I'm coming from love and someone else is coming from hate, they can't hear me anyway. But if I'm coming from love and someone else is coming from love, our voices will blend together and then that gets louder. Yeah. And so when you're flying in an airplane, you don't worry if there's a storm. What do you do? You fly at a different altitude. And now you're not in the same altitude as that storm. You're not in the same frequency. You don't have to worry about it. You just go to a different altitude. And so when I go out in the world, instead of being worried about being visible, I'm just knowing that I'm only visible to those at my altitude anyway. And everybody else would go, and then they kind of melt away because we don't sustain each other. However, I'll tell you this. If I was worried about that, they would stick to me. It would be more. But when people can feel that you're just not available to argue with them and you're going to let them do them, they stop coming. There's no friction. There's no Velcro. There's nothing to hold on to. So I'm just very clean. It's like I know that people have a lot that has gotten them to think and believe the way they think and believe. They've been through whatever they've been through. They've lined up all the evidence. So it might take a while or it might never happen for them to let go of that story. And you just do you. Does that change the paradigm? Yes. Yeah. I had a very visceral, thank you, a really visceral physical feeling around like really the back of my heart and even down into the back of my hips, just this kind of almost cascading sensation which for me is really important because I think, you know, we shovel our grief up in, you know, back of our shoulder blades and back of our heart space. So that feels great. And then now the other, you know, and then what I feel wonderfully is, you know, I, I, it's like if I died, all my work would die with me because no one has the password to my laptop, Mm -hmm. which is full of manuscripts and full of courses and full of love that hasn't been shared. And so now it just feels like, well, just start sharing, you know, just start sharing. So yeah, totally, totally wonderful. Thank you. Really appreciate it. I'm so uh, glad that you had that cascading feeling. hmm. And I'm so glad that you really hear because that laptop is begging you to be shared. And I want us all to hear what we just talked about, because that was really, you were an ambassador for everybody's question. And those laptops inside of all of us are begging to be shared. Mm -hmm. And when you come 
and I'll say this too, Gary Zukav said this to me and I love it. Gary Zukav is one of Oprah's like favorite spiritual teachers. He wrote a book called Seed of the Soul and he was on her show more than anybody else. Um, she talks about that work being like the work that opened her up. And when he was on my podcast, he's been on twice and he said, we think that cause creates effect, but we know it doesn't. Intention creates effect. Two different people could do the same thing and it has a different effect because of the intention. So when you come from the intention of wanting the highest and best, then if you go to share your truth or you go to set a boundary or you go to break up with someone or fire someone, but you're coming from this highest and best, the effect is completely different. If you go to share your work on your podcast or write a book and the intention is the highest and best for all beings, it is a different effect. And so our job is to be authentically plugged into truth, holding for the highest and best of the oneness, which is all of creation. And when we do that, all that riffraff, it doesn't touch you because you've already held a place for all of it. Does that make sense? And so that laptop needs to be shared. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I love it. You guys, this is, I said this earlier that I do this because this is my favorite thing to do. And you guys lift me up so much. And doesn't it feel so good, especially now when our phones are just filled with, you know, and then you're just like, oh my God, look at all these beautiful, kind, right? And it's like I said earlier, it's like you then see the evidence of what you do know is true, which is like just the most beautiful world where there is such a, a desire and a wanting for love and oneness and goodness and kindness. And you're just like, gosh, is that medicine? It's so good. So I'm so glad that you guys did that before we go. What are you leaving here with today? Is there a word? Is there a thought? I hope that you guys feel good, inspired, love, more love, community, buoyancy, confidence. That makes me feel so good. A fuller heart, new level of freedom. Yeah. I want you to continue to see so much further. You know, on a camera, there's an aperture and I want you to widen the lens and widen the aperture. So you start to see so far that you start to be able to walk toward what you see. Because when you see less, you can't move toward because there's nothing to move toward. But the more you start to see what's here, the more your mind will start to give you downloads and you will be in sync with your real excellence. And there are so many people on the Zoom call who are going to create so much magic. There are businesses that will start. There are artist projects that will be ignited. There are books to be written, podcasts that will be started. And all of that will add more ripples to the world. And again, this is why we're here. That was such a powerful conversation. I want to give a huge thank you to Bunny for letting us share this with all of you. You can give her some love by following her Instagram at love, L-O-V-E-S-C-H-O-C-K. Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, your true self is bigger than the mind. It's connected to the infinite. It has this intuition, this capacity for flow, for ease, for compassion, for love. This part of you that is beyond your body and your story is the essence of you. Number two, the most powerful person in the room is the most loving person. Number three, love creates immediately. Love changes the field. 
Number four, when something just is, it is powerful, period. Number five, people see only what they're willing to see. The only people who can see you are the people willing to see you, whose projection fits you. And when that happens, you've just added your notes to the loving part of the orchestra. Number six, you don't have to convince people of anything. Instead, take your energy and your assignment and show up in the highest and best way that you can. Number seven, you're needed. We're all needed. There's a sliver of the world who you are the person that they've been waiting for. And for those people, you will show up because they're available for the message exactly coming from you. You are the person they need. And number eight, our job is to be authentically plugged into truth, holding for the highest and best of the oneness, which is all of creation. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. There's a lot of amazing episodes coming up, so please make sure that you follow along on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you're listening. And if you really enjoy what we're doing, please leave us a review because it helps us grow. And if you think of one person who would benefit from listening to this podcast, then share it with them. Tell them about it. Finally, I'd love to see you every week in our membership. I'd love to have those moments. If you've been wanting me to coach you, if you want to ask some questions, if you want referrals, if you want collaboration, if you want to meet other amazing women who are doing this kind of work, who are spiritual entrepreneurs, this is the place. Go to kathyheller.com slash quilt. I can't wait to see you in there. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you soon. When you just can't sleep When you're counting sheep I'll be here for you I'll be here for you When you need to talk Take a good long walk I'll be here for you I'll be here for you Of all the people on the planet If I had my choice I couldn't have planned it
something she 